Welcome to Patch Notes. Um, I am Trevor Strunk, Kegelbont on Twitter, uh, the no cartridge host you know and love. Um, or, and I'm the other uh, one. Tolerate. Yeah, and then this is John, the one you love more. Uh, Liv is still on on vacation, but she will be back soon, probably next, well, not next week, because I'm, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, John, but I am on vacation next week, so oh. we will have, we will have sort of a different Patch Notes uh, well, function next Liv week. Liv and I okay. have, have done... Uh, yeah, maybe maybe you both will do will do some patch notes. That'll be that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, so it'll be a little different next week. But week after that, for sure, I think Liv will be back, and we'll be back to sort of our normal our normal uh, thing we always do. Um, but yeah, no, it's um it's patch notes, and it's not a particularly exciting time in the world. <laughs> it's kind of dull. Um, there's nothing going on. Uh, there's not nothing going on. There's always various low-level sex crimes. And, okay. Um, High-level sex crimes, too. Yeah. And, um, you know, shitty inside media stuff about hiding sponsored posts. And um, Cuphead is getting a TV show. Let's start with that. What? Yeah, Cuphead is getting a TV show. Uh, this, okay. Uh, this, was, this is breaking news from today. We're recording um, technically the morning of the 10th. But uh, really, spiritually, it is still July 9th. Um, but Cuphead is coming to Netflix as an animated series. And that, I, you know, I don't want to, we're not going to mention every single time a video game gets a, gets a series on this podcast, especially not with Netflix, which is just turning out content as, Constantly, yeah. as you know, often as it can. But this is funny because it's like a reverse. Like, it, like <laughs> yeah. Cuphead is a fake, is a video game whose aesthetic is that it used to be a fake televi- uh, series of shorts from, like, the golden age of animation. You know, back during Popeye, back during the original Mickey Mouse cartoons, back when everything was just insanely racist, uh, overtly, instead of, you know, caring about it Implicitly, slightly. yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny to see them turn around... And make a make the cartoon of that the you know the video game was supposedly based on, um, which is interesting because like one of the creators is, or executive producers is going to be a guy from um, Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, uh, well, Mar- Rocco's Modern Life colon Static Cling. I don't think I've heard of that. What? Yeah, it sounds like something that was created later. I do remember there being some drama about the creator of Rocco's Modern Life. The original one being abusive in some way. Uh, don't quote me on that. If it was, no, it was Ren and Stimpy. Sorry, I, I do not want to slander oh, the Rocco's yes. modern life creators. Yeah, yeah, Ren and yeah. Stimpy guy, I'm um, thinking of not Rocco. Yeah, John, John, John D. John. That, yeah. that's, a, that's a mystic. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I forget. I forget who it is. But yeah, yes. um, but I'm, I'm unfamiliar with Static Clang. Maybe it was a. It, it's it's something. Like a web series or something. Yeah, um, and apparently I, I saw somewhere that. They're partnering with, like, the company that did the Popeye, like, King Studios or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The, the people who did Popeyes, like, you know, real shit Popeyes back in the day. Wow. Um, okay. And so, so it should be interesting. I, I just wanted to open with that because... Yeah, that's uh, neat. It's a, I believe they... They've, and they've recently passed some, some milestone of, uh, of copies sold. I want to say it's, like, 3 million or 4 million. Uh, oh, wow. So it, it's good to see them doing well. That game is is fiendishly hard. Um, I still haven't gotten past the third level. Uh, I probably never will. I really like um, that game. It's a great game. But yeah, no. It, for for people who are actually good with their hands and 
you know, playing video games. It seems fantastic. Yeah, no, it's definitely worth your time if you if you like uh, if you like platformers and bullet hells and difficult video games. And I'll be interested to see the cartoon. There was a there was a bit of a and we if you want to go back and look, uh, this was discussed on uh, on the podcast uh, with with old friend um, Rouse Dower. Um, there is a uh, a bit of. There's a bit of concern about about Cuphead and the ways in which it does or does not handle, um, like racism. Well, yeah, I mean, it's oh. what it did was it's a second order repurposing of racist tropes. Yeah, um, and and so the question is, does it do a good job or does it not? And I think our our conclusion was that it was that like you can have that critique and it makes sense, but we think Cuphead was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other hand, I don't know how the um, I'm not entirely sure how the cartoon's going to look. Yeah, so. it's going to be interesting to see if they actually try to do a third order Fleischer knockoff, like, you know, taking the filter of the video game. Because obviously they're going to have to have some video game type content in there. Not actually, not not actual interactivity, but, you know, like here is them throwing fireballs or whatever. Right. Or dodging yeah. fireballs, that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, I mean there is there is sort of like a, a cartoon kind of built into the game, so maybe they'll yeah. maybe they'll get get into it, but who knows? But we'll it'll be, see. It'll be interesting if they just let the creators like if you take like what if the the conceit for the show isn't that they're going to make the show that Cuphead the game was based on? What if right. the conceit is that they're going to be updating the fake cartoon for the modern age? Yeah, like I it's see that like it's a it's a reinvention of an IP without an original IP. You know, without without the original cartoon ever actually existing, that might be yeah, interesting. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, well, cool. That's neat. Um, uh, what else? We don't have to. So there's a the, there there is the the smash controversy. Um, we don't necessarily have to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, we were just hurting for content, and I put it on there, but I do not like talking about this shit every week. Yeah. <laughs> Even though the, it is another, there every week. Another another person in gaming. Um, had an inappropriate relationship with someone who is far too young and has uh, quit smash, competitive smash as a result, I think is, is the, is the top and down. I don't like, I don't know. Like it, it, it's obviously important and it's something that, you know, it's not good. And we should remember that it's like not a good thing yeah. that this has happened. To the extent but, it's something worth talking about outside of the, the gossip concern. Um, I think it's a good example of a community self-policing on a, and frankly, an edge case. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there may not actually be technically a crime here other than grooming, If and mm-hmm. grooming is, like, impossible to prove in a lot of cases unless the victim cooperates. And um, the younger partner in the relationship, obviously, in this relationship, obviously has no interest in cooperating, and that's perfectly understandable. I mean, at some point, you know, and this doesn't apply to this case, but at some point when it gets into relationships with people of very, of wildly different ages, you have to sort of let the younger person have their agency. Like if they are an adult and they're getting into this relationship, that's one thing. And you, you can't really go on a, you know, on a public crusade about it if, you know, but, but that's if we're talking about like a 25-year-old, not a 16-year-old. Yeah, 16, not, year old. yeah. 16 um, is it's just, yeah. And so I understand why um, 
the younger partner in this um, story does not want this to be a story, does want, not want this talked about, wants to move on from this. Um, but I do think it's worth noting that basically the retirement was prompted by um, a code of conduct review, a voluntary code of conduct review, uh, by like a by, by like a fan board, like a, a, a they're not really a federation, but you know, Smash the, the community has put together an organ that uh, that handles this. It's the uh, Super Smash Brothers Code of Conduct panel. Mm-hmm. Now, the Code of Conduct panel doesn't have juris like it is. It's not like a legal jurisdiction thing. They're not like a you know a a a, uh, a boxing thing where they can like not credit you for the fight or you know make and, you know make it so that you can't actually go to the fight. Well, the yeah, tournaments have to because like yeah, that's that's just a have I mean, to that would be impossible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the tournaments have to voluntarily accept whatever recommendations this this panel puts forth, but it looks like the tournaments are, and the reason that this person has retired is because it has become clear to them that this is no longer a place where they are welcome. Hmm. And I think I mean, in, in this case, that's... Probably for a good thing. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best this story can turn out. I mean... Yeah, no, I agree. I think, like, and it, it does speak to the the viability of having these these sort of federations within gaming. Like, I know, especially in the FGC, there is some um, some concern about, about um, you know, bodies stepping in and, and mm-hmm. changing what has been a, a very... Um, it goes against the DIY aesthetic. Yeah, and I mean, it's been that way for a long time. Like, it's a very, it's a very sort of, like, traditional community that way. Um, but, you know, I mean, this is a case where I think it, it becomes kind of clear that there might be a very, very good reason to... Um, to, to do it that way, to, to have like a body that is able to say like, hey, look, you can't, this isn't okay. Uh, we need to, we're, we're going to, we're going to step in here. Yeah. Um, and I think it was, it's good that the body was able to, yeah, that this person removed themselves voluntarily. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, uh, so that's, yeah, so that's it's, that. It's a hard story, but it's I a mean, hard, st- I, I mean, and good stuff in there too, I guess. I mean. I mean, insofar it, as the the body has yeah. stepped in and done a good thing, I mean, it shows that there are mechanisms that are working mm-hmm. for when this stuff comes out. Yeah, yeah. Whew. Okay. Well, um, what else is going on, John? All right. So I guess the big story that we sort of alluded to earlier from this week, because man, nothing has happened this week. Oh, such um, a week is uh, G two A is back in the news. Um, if you're unaware of who G2A is, they're like, they're basically like a money laundering outfit. I want to yeah, say it's um, the thing. Allegedly. Allegedly a money laundering outfit. Please, allegedly, yes. Um, I, 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 I brought this up to, to Andrew, um, to Piss in, uh, in the stream. Everyone knows him by that name, not, uh, his other names. Uh, but, um, yeah, like I brought that up to him in stream. And I was like, yeah, it's um, this this. Have you heard of this company? Because I had never heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, oh yeah, sure. Like uh, the company, whenever I try to buy games from them, uh, my credit card is is uh, flagged. Yeah. Um, it's like okay, cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, basically what has happened here is we have a uh, we have a really really dumb um, snafu. Yeah. I mean, uh, to give some background, the alleged way that G2A does their business is that they, um, they're they an outfit out of Eastern Europe. Uh, they allegedly have connections with 
uh, other, I won't call them organized crime, but, you know, other scam operations, you know, gray market at best operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way it has been alleged that they get the keys that they sell you is um, that they're working with uh, credit card hustlers, people who steal credit cards. Uh, oh, they steal cool. a credit card. Uh, information. They buy a bunch of game codes, and then before the, the uh, theft can be reported and the chargeback assessed, um, they turn around and sell those codes on G2A. That's why Piss's credit card is constantly getting flagged because those processors are having to process chargebacks. Among uh, other that reasons, vendor I mean, constantly. I mean, yeah, right. it's also because he's you know um, patron uh, patronizing a <laughs> establishment out of Europe, and when you buy anything online from Europe. Or Japan or or Asia, with uh, your credit card, your credit card company is going to at least do a, you know, a surface Surface check check, to make sure that you haven't had something stolen. Now Um, the other thing, the other I I thought you were going to say, and I would have very much it would have been fine if you said this, and it would have been funny. Um, So you know, lost opportunity for you. mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it would have been funny if you said it's because he's patronizing uh, no cartridge audio. Oh, that's true as well. We are also scammers. We are getting a cut. Um, But even if that allegation of their business model is inaccurate. Uh, there have been, it is very concretely true that developers don't get cuts of um, right. when you buy a key from them, the developer does not get a cut. This is because allegedly they're resold keys, obviously. So they've, they've sure. G2A exists in a constant scrum of bad publicity, um, which takes us to the current story where a rogue employee of G2A uh, emailed <laughs> so funny. some 10 outlets, uh, most of which are smaller indie review sites. doesn't look like they went for any of the big sites, obviously. Yeah, it's did. not like you, we didn't they, get were, they were talking to Kotaku or whatever. Or yeah. us. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't get any Or email. us. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the biggest one. Uh, the, um, the, main email, uh, the, the main email that blew up went to uh, a... Uh, a guy named Tim uh, Tom Faust, uh, who is a video game translator and writes for IndieGames.com. Um, he was apparently one of ten recipients of a, of a message uh, that was. It seemed at first like a standard form PR message. They're looking for earned media. If you're familiar with what earned media is, it means planted PR articles that don't necessarily have tells uh, that they were paid for. Right. Um, and this was trying to make it very clear that they wanted attribution for whether or not this was uh, a genuine post or a planted post nowhere near the post itself, which is funny because when you get to what the sender of the email, one Adrian, um, was doing was he was sending pre-written articles. Yeah. It was a pre-written article <laughs> from him. Now imagine what would happen if the same article went up on 10 different sites with no product placement attribution. What would have happened? Yeah, like he didn't – the only reason I believe what we're going to get to, which is that G2A has completely disavowed this guy, the only <laughs> yeah. reason I believe that is because this plan is just so fucking stupid. Like It's not good. Even the entry-level guys, PR guys of this game, know what you want to do is you want to give them a bullet point list – like if you've got a if you've got a journalist who's willing to collaborate with you on this sort of scam, you want yeah. to give them bullet point list. You want to give them, you know, 
here's what you want to, where I want you to hit, here's what I don't want you to hit, and then let them go. Well, yeah, they write it. Yeah. I mean, and they're, uh, it, it totally makes sense for that to be the case because they are a journalist. Like, mm-hmm. that's what, that's like what you pay the journalist for. Yeah, like, even <laughs> if they're, even if they're, like, evil negaverse journalists, the thing that they're known for is being able to write up an article. Right, um, exactly. It's not as if, like, it's not as if you're, you're talking to some sort of, I don't know, like a, um, a uh, hedge fund manager, and you're like, okay, we need to make the scam work. Well, streamers. Like, well, I can't write a... Streamers is who you, you act like this towards, because you definitely do not want a streamer going off message even for a second, because you might start saying gamer words. Um, yeah. Well, you would. I mean... Yeah. And, I, and I, I'm pretty sure G2, GT, G2A sorry, uh, does a lot of their um, promotion and that stuff through streamers, mm-hmm. um, because it's much more sense. Wild Wild West... Sure. Uh, they're kids. They either don't know better or don't care. Um, and it would make sense in this yeah. case if if you were like if you were to do that, you could you could imagine someone saying like, oh well, I'll just email all these streamers and they'll totally do this if I pay them enough money or whatever. Whereas it's a little different for um, you know it's a little different for journalists. Like there are yeah. journalists out there that are going to be like, wait, this is like. This is really dumb, and I'm going to tell people about it. Yeah, and I want to say that the the gray market for that sort of stuff has has it allied with streamers early. I want to say streamers are the way that a lot of fraudulent slash um, abusive like Team Fortress Two hat um, markets. You know, when people yeah, yeah, I still don't understand why that was a huge thing, but apparently it was a huge thing. Uh, a lot of the it times sure it went through uh, streamers. Mostly because it's harder for um, the content flaggers to find them. Um, yeah, sure. But also because they have a larger distribution model and they uh, fire from the hip more often is the nicest way to put it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yes, uh, G2A has disavowed this uh, rogue employee uh, and apologized for. I mean, I guess to their quote unquote credit, they were smart enough to realize that trying to cover this up or deny it was just going to make it worse. Yeah, so they basically, they basically, I I don't even want to say they threw someone under the bus because I don't think this person exists. Yeah, it's possible Adrian isn't real. Um, I mean, I think, I think they just like, I think they basically were like, yeah, this was a, this was some employee. I mean, maybe there's an Adrian, but maybe it's also just like some schlub who got screwed by this. I mean, again, I feel like if... They were smart enough to invent a fake identity. They were smart enough to do this without sending ten, uh, offering to send ten different sites uh, the same piece. Yeah. Now maybe I would agree. Maybe they wrote ten different articles in ten different voices, but that <laughs> sounds like a bridge too far for this kind of scam. That sounds crazy. Yeah, I, 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 don't I, think they... I would. I would put respect on their name. I mean, they're criminals, but I put respect on their name if they did that. But I don't think that was the case. I think it's funny how the the post that um, so they they also made a post of mm-hmm. course where they they responded to the the tweet that was going viral and they were like oh, I'm sorry this was this is where they they talked about Adrian mm-hmm. they basically said we're so sorry about our this person Adrian that works for us Are you um, can talk about the the consequences he's facing yeah he's gonna face so many consequences he's gonna he's gonna serious consequences strict consequences at G two A we you do think not maybe Adrian's not, into that. Think, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right way to punish him. Maybe you should just fire him. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not strict enough. It's That's his kink. A lot of chains in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing, the one thing I will say about about like, uh, 
this whole thing is that like G2A really kind of came across as like a oh I, I can't imagine there's I, I don't believe it there's been there's been gambling in this institution mm, yeah. like, it's it's so it's so unbelievable because they they even say like this email sent to nine and then they put parentheses, parentheses question exclamation yeah, point, point like, it's yeah. like come like, on wow like every no one is buying this like you're so shocked like I can't believe this happened I mean fair um, play you got to do your due diligence when you're covering this shit up I mean maybe sure. it eventually ends in court it won't but you know it's the thing where uh, these days the uh, what's it called Hanlon's razor the thorn you have to assume stu- you should assume stupidity instead of malevolence it's useless now because yeah. all the evil people know that they can just pretend to be stupid and get away with it and all the evil people are already like yeah they're all you know arguably stupid. they could also be stupid but even the smart evil people know that the way you get away with this shit is you just pretend to be stupid right because exactly. you know the way that both our legal system and our like greater public morality system works is that we're all obsessed about intent and there's this idea that you know if if they didn't mean to do this or if they didn't know about it or if they were just asleep literally asleep at, at the wheel as it as the car drove into the wall, then they might be liable, but it's not, you know, morally their fault. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's like, that's what's going to happen in terms of uh, our friend um, G2A and our friend Adrian. Like, it's it, the only thing that people are going to be concerned about is whether or not, um, you know, what was meant and what was not meant and what was, like, what was intentional and what was unintentional and whether or not it was okay to, you know, try and get a bunch of journalists to write the same article, whether that was just like, oh, is that just advertising? Mm -hmm. Like, what is this? And we're going to get into that gray area, um, which is not actually a gray area, but we treat it as such, and and it's just all going to go away. I was going to say that at some point, Interpol might roll them up, but uh, they are a Polish-owned Hong Kong-based company. (laughs) Goodness. uh, I don't think Interpol is going to roll them up. No. I mean, I I doubt the, you know, the, if you've been paying attention to the news, you know that what's going on in Hong Kong right now is a pretty significant fight over what's going to happen with that, the the odd system that that territory is in with its, you know, it's it's transitioning back to Chinese uh, rule. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and a lot of people are resisting that. But it does seem like um, putting your Polish-owned company in Hong Kong is a great way to make it very difficult for European police authorities to uh, investigate you, especially since China has a vested interest in keeping European police authorities out of Hong Kong at the moment. John, that is so cynical of you, and might I add, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. <laughs> well, there's one last thing, um, and, and why don't you talk about this yeah, one? Uh, this is... Because, I mean, we, we both kind of talked about that last one, and I feel like I feel that's okay. Like, I feel like I can add to the conversation, but I am not a... I don't play this game that you're going to be talking about, and... So here's the thing. Um, as a result, I am part of the problem. Yeah, well, neither do I, is the thing. Oh, um, okay. I use... I, I, we're talking about Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, it just dropped its latest expansion pack. Um, it's a new X-Pack. Yeah, it's a new expand. I mean, it's, it's less of a pack and more of... Like, basically, it's an MMO. Final Fantasy XIV mm-hmm. is a, a, an MMO. It's basically one of two remaining subscription MMOs that have big uh, penetration in the Western market, uh, right. along with World of Warcraft, of course. Um, I, I'm assuming that there are others that have more penetration in the Korean and Japanese markets, um, although I, I think Japan has mostly transitioned entirely to mobile gaming at this point. 
Um, in fact, I think Final Fantasy XIV probably does better business in the U.S. than it does over there. Uh, I could be wrong about that, hmm. though. It's been a while since I looked at it. I do know that when it came back, a large uh, – because what happened with Final Fantasy XIV is that it launched and was a disaster uh, when it launched. Yeah. They had to take the entire game down. They remade it from the ground up, which basically no company except Square Enix and, like, one or th- two others would have both the resources and the dedication to do. Uh, they made it into a game called, uh, I believe it was just called A Realm Reborn, which is a bit on the nose yeah, for a that's game right. that's been relaunched. And it, it they basically, the, the coolest thing about about FF14's way of handling this was that they basically said, like, oh, yeah, so that whole thing about um, the game, the way it was before, um, it was all lore. Like, the, now it's <laughs> yeah, lore yeah. in the world the, itself. It, and it like, was like a bad end or something. Yeah, it was uh, like the, you know, the heroes of FF14 one fucked up and lost, and yeah. now here is FF14 the new one where you uh, after the time crash where you have to you have to reboot it. Now I, I've I've bought A Realm Reborn. I think I own Heavensward, which is the first expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't own the second expansion whose name I can't recall. It's like Light Keepers or something. Uh, not Light Keepers. Uh, something something about yeah. light, I believe. Um, Something about light. Because you are canonically the Warriors of Light. The PCs are the Warriors of Light. So, you know, there's a lot of Final Fantasy stuff. Basically, by the time Final Fantasy XIV is done, like, every single square JRPG property might be brought into it. Uh, uh, Yoko Taro is currently <laughs> doing Taro is gonna be writing a raid one, which, for them. I mean, basically makes me just want to now just get finally finally take yeah. the plunge and get into it. Um, and I, I got into it before. It The story is really good. Uh, the, the localization is fucking excellent. Um, mm-hmm. It's just an MMO, man. It's an MMO. It's a subscription MMO. Uh, you pay for the game, and then you pay for the time. And I thought I could get around it by buying a 60-hour, like, time card. And I was hoping what would happen, you know, what would happen. Uh, or a 60-day time card. I forget which it was. Yeah. I was hoping what would happen is that it would just tick down a day every time I logged in to play. <laughs> no, it, as soon as I use the card, it starts a 60-day timer. So if I fall off it for a week and a half or three weeks or whatever at a time because it's a fucking MMO, um, right. you know, that's that's money I'm leaving on the table. And I just, you know, financially I'm not in a situation really where I can afford a subscription game service at this time. Um, yeah, I could, I could nice. cut other things out and bring this, this in, but that would be, you know, I'd have to actually, it would be a, a thing where this would have to become a big part of my routine. I'd have to and justify playing it. To justify really, it. if you want to make, I mean, making, setting out to make an MMO a big part of your routine is uh, is one of the signs, I think, uh, that, like, your family can come and have you committed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure you can just go, like, they'll just put you right in jail. Yeah, and, and perhaps they should. Uh, I have, I've played, <laughs> I think I've gotten through, like, level 30 of the main story. The main story has so far been great in A Realm Reborn. Uh, I just, you know... If I want to go back, to, I, and here's the thing, I think with Shadowbringer they finally made uh, a Realm Reborn free, so I, I paid for the base game for nothing. Um, so I, I think I really I could go back and play the main story quest through level 50, 50 I think is mm-hmm. where it ends, maybe level sixty, um, and then I'd have to make a decision about whether this is something I wanted to pay money for again. Right. And I got to be honest. I wouldn't be this tempted if people weren't saying shit like it's got a, a the, the new expansion has a good as good a story as like near 
Automata, hmm. which sounds impossible from an MMO. <laughs> yes. It doesn't sound like something that doesn't really pass the smell test, but I'm intrigued because I've heard, because people are, the people who play this game are absolutely raving about it. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's like, a, it's a, it's a big deal game. And like, it's just, it's, it's going to be a game that is difficult to, it's going to be a game that's difficult to sell to people because it is an MMO and like we all kind of know what MMOs are at this point. They're they're known quantity and we're not all that like I think as a society we're sort of not as committed to MMOs as perhaps we once were. I mean I'm not gonna go to society level judgments, but I will say as a market, the market has moved on. Um, the free to play mm-hmm. model is you just can't like the subscription basis is has a high barrier to entry. Like uh, there are every, everyone wants to charge rent these days. Everyone. Uh, and yeah. there's only so many rents that you can pay, uh, given your income, no matter what your income is, unless it's ridiculous. And obviously, most of the free-to-play models, um, they go after the whales, the people with the limitless disposable income who can spend, who can drop $2,000 on a game uh, without really blinking. Uh, you know, the, the rich kids with their parents' credit cards, the uh, people with uh, high salaries with no life, um, right. trust fund kids, that sort of thing. Um the subscription model is a little bit different because subscription models are now competing with streaming service subscriptions. They're competing with stuff like uh, the the Xbox, like, like PS, the uh, PlayStation Plus, with the Origin EA Games uh, monthly subscription model to get access to their stuff. Uh, yeah, Xbox really sees that sort of model, that subscription-based model, as the future for them as well. And obviously, there's only a certain amount of subscriptions. Uh, a reasonable chunk of the market can pay, especially since our uh, capitalist overlords keep forgetting that the, the the grease that moves this engine is us having money to spend on stuff. Um, <laughs> no, 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 you can't do that. Yeah. That's, if you do that, then where is all my money going? Yeah. And so uh, since we're you know we're not allowed to have money anymore, uh, the incentives get completely fucking perverse. Uh, but you know you have to be you have to be a World of Warcraft. You have to be a Square Enix based MMO to survive, uh, at least in the West, with a subscription based model these days. I think um, that's right. Yeah, and I would not be shocked if um, they're making it free to play through level fifty or whatever the deal is right now. Was them uh, dipping a toe in the water of moving away from a subscription based model entirely? Would be interesting to see, honestly. I yeah. would, I would be. It would be pretty cool to see the. I don't know. It would be cool to see how a free-to-play MMO like Final Fantasy XIV, as big as Final Fantasy XIV, mm-hmm. would function. Well, I mean, we sort of have seen it. Uh, if you want to go play Star Wars: The Old Republic, no one wants or, to play Star Wars. Or in a in a did. less um, derogatory. Uh, reference Elder Scrolls Online has been a game that uh, has apparently trans- uh, transitioned very well from a subscription model to a free-to-play model. Uh, I haven't mm-hmm. gone back and looked at it uh, since I I, I I had a phase where I played a lot of MMOs for like one month at a time. Uh, okay. I'm still like really angry that The Secret World is a horrifically bad game in every aspect except its story. Um, like th- when it was subscription, The Secret World was basically unplayable. And mm-hmm. then they made it free to play and like completely revolutionized. Um, they ch- they changed how combat worked. They changed how loot worked. They changed everything. But nice. all they did was just make it worse in every regard. Um, 
especially in terms of how much you have to grind. Um, that sucks. Yeah. Uh, so th- these days, when I when the urge strikes, I, I just go with something like uh, Path of Exile, um, which is as is very very kind to its players. Like I I don't understand how it's possible for them to be successful uh, with as moral as they are about not making it pay to win. Um, yeah, it is weird. Um, but I mean, good for them that they can make it work. Um, I guess the, the question I have about, about final fantasy 14 is like the way that they're marrying, um, story and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like, I guess the way they're marrying story and progression, like the, the idea that the X facts, and I mean, like, yeah, there are, there are literally too. like warnings when, uh, you're in a, a raid or something or a dungeon. Uh, with a bunch of other people, there are like warnings that a bunch of cutscenes are coming up, <laughs> just so wow. you know that there's going to be a bunch of story. And there's been like there's been they've had to make system compromises for people who don't want it because he obviously run these these important story missions with a lot of stuff for the pe- and the people who are playing it for the first time need to see. That's why they're playing the game in in a very real sure. sense. Uh, but maybe the other five people in the party are on their fortieth run of this dungeon. Um, yeah, they don't want to see that. So there's oh, yeah. there's you know they, they've had to. They've had to. Uh, I, I believe uh, I. I haven't used gotten to a high enough level to do it myself, but I've heard that the uh, the system they have for matchmaking those is actually very good. Hmm. Um, okay. It does require you to be fairly invested in communicating with your teammates, and that means if you're doing random, because uh, a lot of it is random matchmaking. That means you know being willing to go over to a chat box and click it and type in stuff and then go back to the game. Um, yeah. So at a high enough skill level, you have to be good enough that you don't need to talk to a random teammate. And you can get that good because everyone is playing an archetype and playing a role. That's how MMOs work. So if everyone knows their job and is doing it, you don't really need to talk. Um, you just need to do your job. Um, and when people don't do their job, people get really mad. Um, and then, yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, so th- apparently that system is... Uh, uh, is very good. The people I know who play, because I am I am very close friends with like five people who are diehard Final Fantasy fourteen people. Like when I decided to sign up, they were like, "Okay, so here's the server you need to, need to, you need to make a character on. You can only make a character on this server between three and five a.m. Uh, on a weeknight, week weekday morning, because in all of their times, the server is full of people trying to log into the server and make characters. You need to make a character on this specific server so you can join our clan, and so our clan can help run you through all this stuff, and so you can make your like your nice house and cosplay, and you can hang out with us uh, constantly. And honestly, they were correct. It was it the best times I had with that were with the people that I was playing with. Um, but I also did have to stay up till three a.m. on a Tuesday to create my character. Yeah, that seems rough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe the fact that we both think that's rough is uh, is the reason why we'll never really um, understand it. Yeah, I mean, and I was I've been talking about trying to get into Dota Auto Chess or whatever. Uh, yes, for I the past two I, weeks, it's just not working, man. Like I, yeah, I think I'm gonna go there. back. I'd be, I would be willing to go back to Final Fantasy XIV before, because I, I, I keep playing that game and it's just. Uh, I am. It's not that I'm too stupid. It's that these games are 45 minutes long, and uh, I'm not sufficiently in tune with how the reward system works. Mm-hmm. And that it, game is basically a. And I've said. I think I said this last week. It's basically a game of superstructure 
uh, strategic planning. Uh, because you don't actually play the game. You play the accountant that controls the game. Um, <laughs> right. And, you know, and I wanted to power through because I thought maybe that wasn't a fair representation of what it was, but it is. Um, I want to say Tencent, the Chinese company, launched their own auto chess uh, competitor either today or yesterday or the day before, sometime in the last 72 hours. And their selling point is that there's a mode where matches only take, like, 15 minutes instead of 45 of, like, little guys fighting each other, like, from the Star Wars hollow chess table. Um, I that sounds like a great uh, selling point. Actually, yeah. I don't see why that wouldn't like. I mean, I guess it does kind of suck to think about like how I don't know. Like, it's sort of ridiculous to think about how like um, how completely like banal and and like meaningless that kind of thing is. But I mean, I don't want to talk too much fun. shit on it. A lot of people really enjoy it. Um, I, just, I guess, I don't but not really understand means what they get out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. um, we don't get it. It's not for us, basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, and most of the people I know or listen to who do play it, like, do that thing where they talk about it, like it's a, a parasite in their body sucking their soul out. Um, oh, cool. So I don't know. I mean, I also talk about how I want to die all the time, and I play a lot. Of, I also play way too many Warhammer games, despite like having a noted aversion to Warhammer. Um, right. So it's not really like I have room to talk about playing things that I think are bad for me just so I can talk about playing things that are bad for me. Um, but I will say that given the chance between, or the choice between getting back into or trying to get into Dota, uh, to auto chess, I might just renew that, that Final Fantasy subscription instead. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so let's talk about the games we are playing, uh, yeah. not if, if not the ones we plan on playing. Um, what uh, what are you, what are you what are you been up to? What are you been playing? Uh, it's it's uh, I'm at a point where you know I, I can't go out and buy uh, more games right now, so I'm back to, uh, and I don't want to play this fucking auto chess as I just mentioned. Uh, so I'm back to uh, Hairbrain Software, Hairbrain Studios, uh, Shadowrun Hong Kong game. Uh, excellent. Um, I, amazingly, at this point, I'm trying to blaze through the story to get to uh, the, the extra content in the extended edition. Uh, I had really forgotten, like, I, I, when we talked about this before, I mentioned decking. Um, yeah. I was mostly talking about the uh, the Dragonfall game, which is the second game in the uh, trilogy, let's call it. Uh, they had the Shadowrun Returns base game, uh, whose campaign was forgettable, and it was just a proof of concept for the toolbox that they'd built. Uh, Dragonfall was their first real foray into expansive storytelling. It was very good, but had some flaws in presentation and setup, uh, where I, men- I, I mentioned that basically you, the game very hard, uh, very directly encouraged you to play a certain class um, with a certain loadout. Um, yeah. uh, and Hong Kong has none of that. Hong Kong is, it's free form, you can play whatever you want because you always have um, cast members who are both fun to be around and or fun to, to explore the content of, let's say. Uh, they're not all, you know, roses and um, happy thoughts. One of them's a cannibal <laughs> zombie uh, who is also oh a samurai. Um, but, for instance, uh, each one of them is a huge expert in what they do. So if you don't ever want to deal with the decking, uh, there is a decker character you can bring with you who is actually better than your PC really can ever be at decking without you know, crippling the ability of your PC to do other stuff. What they do is they set up the specialist NPC characters 
to free you from being a specialist, to let you mm. to multi-class, multi... Shadowrun doesn't really have multi-classing, but you can, uh, if you buy, use the point-by system to buy your way into other uh, classes' specs, obviously, it's not like um, using a gun is class-restricted or using a sword is class-restricted. Uh, if you get enough karma, which is the, the upgrade points, uh, you can, you know... The, the only thing that really permanently... Uh, changes your character is if you get this the, the cyberware upgrades, which uh, lower mm-hmm. your ability to cast magic permanently for uh, the rest of the game, or until some special plot stuff happens. Um, nice. And and so you can you can play around a lot. Um, I'm currently playing a um, a physical adept, which is like a punch mage, you know, like a, a fighter mage sort of character who buffs themselves and then goes up and cuts people in half with a sword. Nice. Um, Sounds fun. Yeah. And and the thing is that this physical adept isn't necessarily any better than the aforementioned um, uh, zombie. Because the mm-hmm. zombie is a samurai as well. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And so he, he has these, these stances that you don't get access to. Uh, where, like he, like, he can change from... You know Sekiro with the high, middle, low stances? He's got I those. Do. Okay. Um, and, you know... You're the, thinking the high, of Neo. Yes, I am thinking of Neo, right, yeah. yeah. Damn. Uh, Neo, with the high, middle, and low stances. Um, and so with the high stances, the the plus um, attack, but sacrifice defense stance. Middle stance is the plus defense stance. Uh, low stance is the plus dodge stance. Right. Um, and he gets those, and he can switch between those as he wills, as free actions, and you just don't get access to those. You can still make a great melee character, but you don't have that toolkit available to you. Um, and and each one of these these NPCs is sort of like that. Like, um, mm. for for instance, there's a class of uh, Shadowrun character called Riggers. What Riggers? R I G G E R S, like rigging something. Um, right. What they do is they make these drones. The like. They, they put their action points. You get two action points around, generally. What happens is they put their action point into their drone, and the drone gets two actions around. But right. the, the guy controlling it still gets one. So technically, you've increased your action economy. Um, it's the guy, useful. Yeah, so the NPC rigor you get in the game is a guy who is... Um, he's created this, this, this bot that like self repairs itself and has a personality and he basically treats it like a dog. And he's, and that, that bot is just straight up better than any drone that you can make, but nice. he's not the PC. So you can have a, a PC that has a drone, but also does cool decking stuff and also is a great rifle shooter. And mm. the rigor NPC will never be able to deck, will never be able to be that good with a rifle. So basically, what you're looking for with your PC is you have the freedom to jack-of-all-trades your way into better dialogue options, um, you know, to fool around with builds that aren't technically um, optimized because everyone else's mm. builds are optimized. Uh, right. You can afford to be the guy who is role-playing uh, if you want to describe it like that um and, and basically it, it it just feels a lot better than dragonfall which while a great game with a great story and honestly a better story and a better setup i think um sort of typecast you into to a specific role and if you fought it on that you were walking into a world of trouble right yeah huh nice sounds good yeah i'm gonna try it at some point um so i've been playing i i, I guess the main thing i've been playing actually 
is uh, I've been watching um, Piss do um, play uh, Outer Wilds, mm. which is very good. Uh, Outer Wilds is excellent. It is a it is a a game that I would very much encourage anyone listening uh, to go check out. Um, it is. I can't say much about it because any anything I say about it is going to be a spoiler. Is it all? Um, is it an online game? No. Or is it single player? It's single player. Okay. Um, it's um, man, I don't know. Like it's just it's extremely good. Um, the I, I literally have no. I've been avoiding all mention of it until now. Um, yeah. No, you should. Because people um, keep telling me you need to play this. You need to play this, and I don't have you know. Once I'm in a position to play it, I'll play it. Right, yeah, and, and that, that's perfectly fair. And I think if, if you are also in that situation, you know, just wait until you are in a position to play it before you read anything about it, because it really, truly is a... It occurs to me that sort of hamstrings you from being able to talk about it, so... Well, I'll talk briefly the, about it, right. but, <laughs> but it, it truly, I mean, it's truly a a unique game. I mean, I'll tell you this, the, um, the, the premise of the game is you are a... Um, you're a uh, a little alien. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have four eyes. You're very cute. Uh, who flies out into space, and you're told to just explore the solar system. And as you explore, you start to unravel this thing that's going on, and uh, it is very nonlinear. Very much, you know. However, you want to handle it, go ahead and, and handle it. So it's it is, nonlinear, but it has like a it has a plot that you're. It has a through. plot, but you have to you have to uncover it. All right. Um, they're not going to give it to you by any means. Uh, it's a very cool game. I recommend it to anyone that's gonna that that would be interested in. I don't know. Like I, I just recommend it to anyone. It's 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 fantastic. Uh, is it a, is it one of these procedurally generated games? No, it has okay. a it has a very specific um, world. It always it always does. There's no there's really no um, yeah. There's no variation. It's I'm trying to think if there's any variation. No. To be honest, that's fine. I've sort of been losing my. Interest in procedurally generated. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it works some places; it doesn't work others. But a lot of the time, what you're signing on for with procedural generation, procedural generation, is actually seeing the same pieces of the Lego set over and over again. <laughs> right. Uh, and and that's really, I mean, until procedural generation gets really second order ridiculous, which I'm not sure it really ever should for a video game. Um, considering the processing power it would probably require, um, you're not going to get beyond that. If you if you get f- familiar with the game, you're going to be able to see the seams. Um, right. Yeah. Definitely. Which is no. It's I, it's yeah. uh yeah. Go ahead. Uh, which is why I find it when I'm you know going through the XComs, I always find it more enjoyable somehow to go back to XCOM one and it's ah uh, yeah curated maps than I do with. I mean, I, not to say that the XCOM two maps that are procedurally generated are bad. But it's 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 more. I, I understand the appeal for not being able to to anticipate what's going on, but there's sort of like a, a bell curve there, or like where with low level play, um, it's you know I don't know the maps and that's fine. Yeah. So I can't mm-hmm. expect what's going on. In medium level play, I get bored with the map, but in high level play, it's like chess. I know the contours of the map. I know. The systems at work, I know what I have to do to provoke this response and that response, and it's a strategy game. Yeah. Um, and and that sort of and, and it's not quote unquote realistic that there's a Midwestern barn in Africa and Australia and 
Asia and Europe and wherever <laughs> else the mission is this time. But, you know, I, I know what the barn looks like. I know how the AI reacts to it. I know what I'm doing. I know, I know that with with AI mods for, say, Long War, that the AI itself has a better idea of what it's doing. Right. Um, and it, it, eventually you loop back around to the predictability of the map being a feature of the playstyles, just like, you know, going to your favorite baseball stadium and looking at the ground rules there. Yeah, definitely. No, and I, I think, like, there's a... And we can stop after this, but there's a qual- there's like there's a quality to that that is really really appealing, I think to anyone who is like who enjoys or who is like even who's who's feeling kind of let down by uh, video games at this point. Mm-hmm. Like I think the 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 quality of looking back at old games is is it's not just nostalgia. It's um it's also a realization of how like of how smart they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really wild to like just like see how smart these games are, um, and I, I learned that from watching a uh, a, a video on speedrunning Doom. Uh, yeah. I think we might have talked about this last time, mm-hmm. but it's like it just truly is. You, you watch it happen, and you're like, man, that is like that is unbelievable. I can't even understand how well designed this game must be in order to do that. It's um, yeah, it's sort it's of fun. like what I said about Mordhau, not the racism stuff, but Mordhau mm-hmm. last week with. It's simplistic play design where it becomes, in a way, more impressive to watch people work within the limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And with Doom Wads especially, there were some very, especially before Doom 2, there were some very, very, you know, severe limitations. And people are still making Doom Wads today. I yeah. want to say, didn't, uh, was it Carmack, Romero? One of those two released a Wad set recently. Oh really? Um, yeah, like last year for for Doom. Oh, cool. Um, he he just went in. He made you know it, it, was, it was sort of a tie in to uh, Doom twenty sixteen getting Game of the Year or something. I think it was. Um, but yeah. you know he, he went in and he made a custom wad set, um, and it was great. It banged uh, because that discipline hadn't left him, um, right. and and it was still a the ability of an artist to create something within the confines of the media. And the media here was a, a Doom Two custom level. Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. And I think, like you know, the the, I don't know, like, yeah, no, I agree. I think I think there's there's a kind of artistry that is very very compelling about old uh, video game media, and it's not necessarily something we should apologize for. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Okay, so uh, John, I will I will let the viewers peek behind the curtain. It is very late. I mm, think yeah. uh, it's probably time we called it a night. Any other thoughts that you had before we before we uh, got going? Not not much. We might be taking next week off, but if we do, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll try to record something solo, but I'm not sure how, how good. Oh that wow! Go. Uh, we'll I mean, talk yeah, about that I, off the air. We'll I would see. I would think you'd do a great job. That's uh, just, just I, my that's just my expectation. I can ramble forever. If that does happen, don't expect it to be 50 minutes. Um, <laughs> but regardless of what we do next week for patch notes, uh, we will be back the week after, hopefully with a full with a full crew. And thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for listening. Um, Love the Patreon. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, go become a patron. Um, and uh, and yeah. Aren't you, aren't you doing a new book review series? I am. I, I started. I started doing some more uh, capital stuff, um, which I think went over pretty well. And um, and there's a preview of that on the on the on the main one. Um, but then also I did. Um, I did. I'm going to be doing. A uh, a series on um, uh, 
oh, what's that called? Um, Dance of the Dialectic, which is mm-hmm. a uh, a a book by um, Bertel Ullman, who uh, is a fascinating guy, and uh, and his work's really good too. And I think, you know, the Dance of the Dialectic is fascinating. It's very cool, um, and I think I think anyone who is interested in how dialectics work, like what I'm talking about when I talk about dialectics, would really enjoy it. Um, so yeah, subscribe. Uh, you'll get to hear me and Piss talk about that. I'll talk about Falk soon, and you'll get to hear me yell about um, my least favorite uh, theory of, of how uh, money works. Um, it's all going to be very good. So definitely stop by. Uh, I would love to. I would love to see you. And John, anything anything that you're up to? I, there might be something soon. I, I we don't do much text stuff at No Cartridge, so it won't be appearing here. But I might be doing. I'm going to be doing some text reviews of the many Warhammer games that I've been playing nice. recently on a Warhammer fan site. Fantastic. Um, I'm not sure. I, I know one of the admins is aware of how much uh, of my feelings towards the Warhammer 40K franchise. I'm not sure <laughs> the other people who run that site are. Um, but it, it, I'm not going to be a, you know, I've made my feelings about Warhammer 40K clear, but I'm not going to be a dick about it. Uh, and I do play the games at the end of the day. I yeah, keep I think playing that's them. I put hundreds I mean, of hours into them. I put yeah. hundreds of hours into Dawn of War. So at some point, at, you know, at some something about those games is bringing me back. Um, I think the first game I'm going to be reviewing is Inquisitor, mainly because I don't want to lead. I, I want to lead. I want to be able to finish with a positive review, and Inquisitor is the game I'd, re- I'd review lowest uh, mm-hmm. of the current mm-hmm. 40k offerings. Um, that makes sense. And then we'll probably move to Mechanicus. I might do a Dawn of War re- retrospective. Um, I'm I, the one. Th- I'm glad that they haven't done a 40k Total War because the cost investment on that would be massive. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be doing any of the Warhammer classic games, um, mm-hmm. but we'll see what happens. Cool. Um, well, I cannot wait to see it happen, and uh, and and yeah, let us know when let us know when that's out, and and when you're doing a little more uh, writing and and all that stuff. We cannot wait. Uh, well, John, uh, I will talk to you again in two weeks. Hell yeah. All right, take it easy. Good night, guys.